Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, it's a Friday. Let's get it going. Football Friday. And I, all I can think of is how much fun they're having in Cleveland this morning. Of all places, they're having a lot of fun in Cleveland, Ohio. Good morning, Pittsburgh. This is the Cook and Joe Show. Starkey off uh, another couple of days. I believe he'll be back with me on Tuesday, um, maybe Monday. I'm not 100% sure he's off Monday, but uh, I think he's off until Tuesday. And we got a lot of ground to cover, a lot of Steelers talking to get your say on what you expect happening uh, Sunday in Seattle. I'm going to be heading out there tomorrow morning with my uh, Post-Gazette colleagues, Jerry Dulac, Ray Fittipaldo. It's a long journey to Seattle. I can tell you, and I'm just wondering if it's going to be worth our while, at least in terms of seeing a Steelers win. I have my doubts, uh, but we're going to have uh, a lot of conversation about that. Get your thoughts on that uh, as well. Ray Fittipaldo due to join me at 11 o'clock as he does every Friday. We'll see what Ray thinks. Um, I made my prediction to the Post-Gazette just this morning. I have it, uh, I believe, let me double check. I think I said 20 to 16, Seattle. Uh, 21-17 I have Steelers winning that, uh, losing that game, which would end their season uh, for all in- intent and purposes. They might still have an outside chance to make the playoffs, but they'd be 8-8, eight and eight, and I think the only, uh, only mystery at that point would be uh, can they still maintain Mike Tomlin's non-losing seasons? Would it be extended to 17? They're 8-7 and seven now. They need to win one of the last two to finish 9-8 and eight and finish with a non-losing season. But the big story today is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, man, Joe Flacco. The Browns uh, d- uh, annihilate the Jets last night 37-20. to 20. That is their first playoff spot, uh, only their, let's see, fourth since they came back in the league in 1999. You might remember it was, what, after 95, Art Modell moved the team to Baltimore. The new team, uh, the new Browns came back in 1999. Um, So they made the playoffs in 2002. Uh, That was the game they played against the Steelers. Um, That uh, Butch Davis, the coach of the Browns, blew that game. Foge Fazio, the defensive coordinator, of the Browns, late of uh, had been at Pitt, obviously. Um, Tommy Maddox was uh, flummoxed by what the, the Browns' defense was doing, Foge Fazio was doing. But at halftime, Butch Davis ordered Foge to uh, play it cautious, stop with the blitzes, stop with the pressure. Maddox picked him apart in the second half, and the Steelers beat the Browns uh, in that 2002 playoff game at uh, Ben Hines Field. Uh, the Browns also made the playoffs in 2020. You might remember that. Uh, unfortunately, they came to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers this time. That was the pouncy snap over uh, Ben Roethlisberger's head. The Steelers lost that game. So this is the Browns' third playoffs 
since 19 they came back in the league uh, in 1999. You talk about fans who are suffering. Uh, you know, I almost feel good for the Cleveland fans. I know that's sacrilegious to say here, but I've always said that Browns fans and Steeler fans are identical. You may not like to hear it, but I think it's true. You look in the mirror, you see each other. Uh, both sets of fans passionate. Both sets of fans knowledgeable. Uh, both sets of fans loyal, supportive. Uh, the difference is the Steelers have prov- prov- provided their fans with a lot more success. And the Browns just just pathetic. I mean, they've just been pathetic. So they have an 11-5 and season now. They can still, I guess, finish first in the division and even first overall, but that's unlikely with Baltimore uh, having, a, a, a at this point, uh, what are they, 12-3. and three. The, 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 the Ravens are going to win the division and get the number one seed, I think. But in any case, the Browns going to the playoffs uh, for just the third time since they came back into the league in 1999. And obviously, a couple big storylines there. Um, what the Browns have done. Uh, Kevin Stefanski now looks clearly like the uh, coach of the year. He's won, a, made a playoff for the first time using four quarterbacks. Think about that. The Browns have used four quarterbacks. They had no Deshaun Watson for much of the year after giving him that you know, ridiculous contract a couple years ago. Uh, so they had him, and then DTR, and then who who was it, P.J. Walker, and then finally Joe Flacco. We're going to get to Flacco in a minute. But Stefanski gets him to an 11-5 and playoff year, four quarterbacks, first time that has ever happened. So he had no Deshaun Watson, you know, the, the, the franchise alleged savior uh, who's been anything but. He had no Nick Chubb. You might remember Chubb got hurt in the Steelers game real early in the season. I think Chubb could be the best running back in the league. I think he's just awesome. Tore up his knee, uh, the hit by uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Tore up his knee. They've been without him all year. They've been out without their top three offensive tackles. Not one, not two, but three most of the year. That includes Jack Conklin, uh, an all-pro, a really, really fine offensive tackle. So what the Browns have done uh, has been absolutely remarkable. And now the key is Joe Flacco. Do you believe it? He's been back five games. He's 4-1 and one as the starter for the Browns. Last night passed for 309 yards, three touchdowns, a passer rating of 121-2. In his five starts, 4-1 and one as a starter, He's thrown 13 touchdown passes. That's five games. Somebody pointed out that uh, that's more than all the Steelers quarterbacks combined this year. Kenny Pickett has only thrown 13 in 25 games in the NFL in his two, uh, you know, two years as a uh, NFL quarterback. 13 in 25 games. Flacco, 13 in the past five. It is an incredible story what's going on in Cleveland. And, and now with that defense – they actually look like they can do some damage, right? You know, they, they're going to have, uh, you know, have to open on the road as a wild card team. Maybe they'll be the fifth wild card team. Maybe they'll have to play the uh, uh, AFC South champion. Would that be, you know, Jacksonville, Houston, Indy? 
Uh, they have to play them on the road, but the way the Browns are playing, the way Flacco is playing, it's kind of hard to pick against them. It's just an amazing story. Who saw this coming? Now, it's funny. At the beginning of the year, I predicted the Steelers were going to go 9-8, and eight, third place, no playoffs. It's, I'm looking pretty good at, with that pick at this point. I originally said 8-9, and nine, no playoffs, third place, and I got uh, a little bit... Uh, uh, what's the word, infatuated, uh, drunk, I guess, with the Steelers and Pickett's success in the preseason and changed it from 8-9 and nine, uh, to 9-8. and eight. I was, I've never been a Pickett guy. I just still wonder if he's going to be the guy for the future. Uh, maybe will, maybe won't. I have not seen enough to think that he will be. So I changed my pick based on the stupid preseason, and I should have known better. Been watching football a long time, and Instead of getting uh, uh, intoxicated with, that's the word I'm looking for, with the preseason, uh, it was just a mistake on my part to change the record from uh, 8-9 and to 9-8. and Now, the Steelers still may finish 9-8. and They could still finish third. They could finish fourth, I I guess, if they lose a game or two and Cincinnati wins out. Cincinnati uh, has to play, what, Kansas City and then Cleveland. Cleveland may be resting people for the playoffs. So my pick... Looks pretty good for the Steelers, but you change your perspective, right? You know, at one point the Steelers were six and three after beating Green Bay on November twelfth, and now we're all talking about how the stretch run is set up for them, how it's going to be almost impossible for them to miss the playoffs, and now it doesn't seem quite so impossible, does it? They lose at Cleveland. This is pre-Joe Flacco Cleveland. The DTR was the quarterback. I don't even know what his name is. Dorian Thompson Robinson, I believe. They play horribly in that game, lose. Matt Canada ends up getting fired after that game. You know, I guess a lot of people thought it was great that the Steelers did lose because they got rid of Canada. Uh, but they lost that game, so now they're 6-4. and four. They go to Cincinnati and win the first game without Canada. Pickett actually played pretty good. They only scored 16 points, but they won the game. Uh, and looked Pickett looked pretty good doing it. So now they're 6-3, six 6-4, and, three, six, four, seven and uh, 7 and 4 And then it started, the losing. Arizona at home. Arizona comes in a 2-10 team. The Steelers lose. The next week, New England comes in a 2-10 team. The Steelers lose. And then the Steelers go to Indianapolis and just get crunched uh, by the Colts. And lose. So they go from six and three all of a sudden to seven and seven, fighting for their playoff lives. It just changes your perspective. You know, when they were six and three, we're saying if they don't make the uh, the playoffs, this season's going to be remembered as a disaster, a sporting disaster. I don't like to use that word, uh, you know, lightly because disasters happen all over the world in real life. But I'm talking about a sporting disaster. And now they're seven and seven. They come home against Cincinnati. Mason Rudolph gets a start, plays great, and the Steelers end up winning 34 to 11. Most points they put up in two years, most passing yards uh, since last year by Mason Rudolph. They actually look pretty good, but I'm wondering is it too little, too late? Because now they got to go to Seattle where they never win. They've lost five in a row out there, seven of eight. Um, they're what three and a half point underdogs, I believe, going out there this week, and I just don't, I can't like their chances. So I'm thinking this season's going to be remembered poorly, right? Would you agree? 
it's going to be remembered poorly if they miss the playoffs after being six and three. Now, the other side of that for me is I only picked them to go first eight, nine, and then nine and eight and not make the playoffs, and that might be exactly what they're going to do. So how can I say it's been a disappointing season if they don't make the playoffs? Well, it's a disappointing season because they were six and three at one point and looked to be playing a DTR at quarterback, Jake Browning at quarterback, uh, a rusty Kyler Murray at quarterback, uh, Zach Jones at quarterback, Indianapolis uh, Minshew, their number one guy, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson out, although Minshew's pretty good as a backup. And then they did get it together against Browning and Cincinnati last weekend. Can they make the playoffs? Your thoughts, you know, what you think of this season, 412-928-9370. Will this season be remembered as just a nightmare if they don't make the playoffs? 412-928-9370. That's also our text line. It's brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. I'd love to hear from you. Do you give them much chance in Indian in uh, in Seattle this weekend? Because I don't. I'd love to hear from you. And how will you remember this season uh, if they don't make the playoffs? And then maybe even if they do make the playoffs and say have to go to Kansas City or somewhere and get crunched, how will that make you feel? How are you looking at this Steelers season? Can they salvage it? And and it, would it be a nightmare? if they go from 6-3 and three to not making the playoffs. And I don't want to hear about Tomlin's streak of non-losing seasons. Yeah, I mean, they're in it all the time. Of course, they're in it all the time. But they haven't. if they miss the playoffs this year, it'll be the fourth time in six years. And if they don't win a playoff game this year, it'll be the first time they haven't won one since 2016. That's a long time. That's seven years. That's a lifetime in the NFL. So I will remember this as a, a nightmarish season if they don't make the playoffs, and I'd, I'd like to see them actually get in and you know win a game and, and actually do something in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make it, let alone win a game. What do you think? 412-928-9370 uh, is the number to call me. Um, it just your perspectives change when they're 6-3, and three, doesn't it? When you had that row of quarterbacks you're playing, it couldn't have been any any better laid out for the Steelers um, than it was after they were 6-3, and three, after that win against Green Bay. And then all of a sudden lose to Cleveland, beat Cincinnati, then lose to Arizona, lose to New England, lose to Indianapolis. Not good. We're going to talk a lot uh, more about the Steelers in Seattle. As I said, Ray Fittipaldo uh, is going to join me at the top of the hour. Bryant McFadden. A, a, a regular guest on this show who is terrific is going to be along at 1.30. I think Jeff Hathorn at 1 o'clock. So we got a lot of Steelers ground to cover. I got a lot of few other surprises for you uh, to talk about. I want to talk about Taylor Swift a little bit, if you can believe that. Um, yeah, I know. I can't believe it. But I'm going to do it anyway. What the hell? Why not? Um, but as we're going to get going here... Um, I want to hear from you again. 412-928-9370 is the number to reach me. How are you going to remember this Steelers season if they miss the playoffs, which I think, you know, they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs in Seattle. I just have to uh, think it's going to be a, uh, a real tough challenge. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. It's Cook and Joe minus Joe on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. <laughs> 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. We've laughed a lot about the Cleveland Browns over the years here in Pittsburgh. Still remember Juju saying the Browns is the Browns. Well, don't look now. The Browns are 11-5 and five headed to the playoffs. Uh, and the first time, did you see this note? They're going to finish ahead of the Steelers in the standings. For the first time since 1989. What is that? My math. I, I wasn't a math major at Northwestern. But let's see. 89 to 0 is 11. 0 to 23 is 23. 11 plus 23 is 34 years. The Browns finishing ahead of the Steelers. How are you going to remember this Steelers season uh, if they don't make the playoffs? 412-928-9370. Got some people on hold who want to talk about it, starting with Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you? All right, Ron. Happy New Year to you. To you too, my friend. To you too. Hey, uh, Cliff Stott's remembered for three things in Pittsburgh. One, holding the clipboard behind Terry Bradshaw. Two, getting snowballs thrown at him at the first Maulers game. And number three, being the only Steeler quarterback to win in Seattle. Uh, I don't think that is correct, is it? I'd have to double check. No, I don't think. Let me. I, I wrote about this for Sunday, actually. Uh, I'll double check that. He also broke his arm in Seattle. He punched a mechanical punching bag uh, and missed the uh, missed the uh, the the punch. The bag hit the hold on it and fractured his arm. This was after that uh, would have been in '81 when they had to. Uh, they stayed overnight after they lost because of uh, fog in. They were fogged in in Seattle. I don't remember him being the quarterback that won out there, though. Well, the, well the, the game the game is on YouTube. I went on YouTube and put in Pittsburgh versus Seattle, 1983. The whole game is on there. He was the quarterback. Franco had a good game. He's, he uh, they lost. They lost. What, what year are you talking about? 83. 19, 1983 was the only year they won in Seattle in the Kingdom. Okay, Franco had 132 yards and a touchdown in that game. I didn't remember yeah. if Stout was the quarterback because I know he didn't do much in it. Keith Willis had three. Keith Willis had three and a half sacks in that game. Yeah. Listen to this one. Dick Enberg was doing the game, okay? And at the end of the game, now this game is on YouTube, so anybody can look it up. At the end of the game, Chuck Knowles walking off the field, and he goes, and Chuck's hoping to get some good news on Gabe Rivera, who had that b- bad accident this past week. They didn't know he was paralyzed at that when he had the accident. I guess. Do you remember well, that? No, back then? yeah, I do. I covered that. I, that was I, I absolutely covered it, and I think they absolutely knew right away that he was paralyzed. They were hoping for some miracles. Uh, yeah, that was a horrible day in in Steelers history. And you're right, that was 1983. He was the number one draft choice of the Steelers. A lot of people wish they'd have taken Dan Marino, uh, but the yeah. best thing that ever happened to Marino was getting out of town. Uh, I appreciate the update on that. I don't know that they're going to go to Seattle and win this year. What do you think? All right, let's move on to uh, Tony. Hey, Tony, welcome. Hey, Ron. Happy New Year. Hey, you too, sir. 
So, yeah, so I think this season is definitely going to be disappointing for the fact is we don't know what Kenny Pickett is yet after two years. He didn't make any progress this year. I I couldn't agree more. I thought the number one thing they wanted to do coming into this season uh, was to find out if he was the guy. Was he worth the number one pick? Is he their future? And I have my doubts. I've said that all along. But I, I'm I'm not going to write him off for sure. It's still real early in his career. But I don't think we're going to know that answer going into next year. Do you? No, definitely not. And um, I'm not totally ready to write him off yet. But from what I've seen, I'm not too impressed. So, you know, it, it's tough because now you might have you're going to probably have to start him again next year. And if he's not the answer, I almost feel like then next year is going to be wasted. No, I, I, I feel your pain a little bit. I feel your doubt and your worry there. I absolutely do. Um, but uh, we'll see. You know, may, Hey, maybe Mason Rudolph will play well, lead, win two games, lead him to the playoffs, maybe even lead him to a playoffs uh, win. Who knows what's going to happen? It's the NFL. But, man, would that be a story? Then all of a sudden you got to think Mason goes into camp next year with a chance to be the quarterback, right? That would be a very good start. And you got to remember if that's the case, I think Mason's 28 or going to be 29, but he's a very young 28 and 29. So, you know, the mileage on his body because he hasn't well, played a lot. I don't so. know if I pay much attention to age anymore. Look at Joe Flacco, right? Look at Geno, <laughs> look at Geno Smith in Seattle. And thank you, man, for the call, Tony. I appreciate it. Uh, happy holidays to you. Uh, Mason Rudolph mentioned Geno Smith about how he was buried in New York with the Jets. His career looked to be over. But he persevered, and uh, he ended up getting the job in Seattle. Now, you know, just signed a contract, making some money, uh, and has a chance to lead Seattle to the playoffs. As of right now, Seattle is in the playoffs. They're the seventh seed. They have the same record uh, as the Steelers. They're eight and seven. Uh, the eight and seven in the uh, in the a- uh, NFC, and they're in the playoffs. We'll see what happens uh, on. Sunday in Seattle. All right, we're going to take a quick break from the Steeler talk and the NFL talk to talk a little Penguins with Stanley Cup champion Tyler Kennedy. Tyler is brought to you by Smell Lincoln of Greensburg. Tyler, I hope you had a happy uh, happy Christmas. Was it a good day, good day for your family? Yeah, it was great. You know, just getting away from the hustle and bustle for a little bit. Obviously watching the kids open their gifts and having some quality time is priceless you know again i'm pretty busy during the year so to get this time off is very enjoyable and you know i hope the kids had a lot of fun too well i'm sure they did Uh, speaking of having fun the penguins had some fun the other night on the island didn't they i mean tyler i i mentioned this to jay caulfield yesterday one of the best things about sports for me is you never know what you're going to see i watched the first period of that penguins islanders game and about fell asleep it was terrible, and I get it first game after a vacation. I think the Penguins had five shots, the Islanders four. The Penguins were 0 for 2 on the power play. And man alive, did it turn in the second period, didn't it? Yeah, like, again, the first period was like kind of vanilla, you know, trying to feel each other out. It was just kind of, you know, pretty boring hockey, to be honest. And right. the second period just seemed like once they got one and they got that confidence and it just seemed like they couldn't miss, which was really nice to see. It, it helps build that morale. You know, seeing Tanner get four assists is really going to build his confidence going into the 
the back stretch here. And again, that was a great game, little confidence, especially that first game after having a break and trying to set you up for a good uh, second half is, is big. So I'm excited for them. I like how they played. I like the guys that were scoring. I like, I liked a lot. There was a lot to like about that game. Well, you know, I, I, there was a lot to like about it. And obviously Raquel scoring again, you know how it is, Tyler. You, you, you've had slumps when you played and how good it feels to get one. And sometimes that leads to another one. And Raquel goes all year without a goal. Then he scores one and then he got a break on You know, they had to review it for it to be a goal. I'm hoping he can take off for him a little bit. Yeah. Like I went through quite a few spells where I couldn't score and, you know, the, the biggest thing is just keep playing the right way. And I thought he, he really started just me focus more on just playing the right way instead of scoring goals and you shooting a little bit more. But once you get that first one, it definitely lets the weight off your shoulders and you kind of feel it. And again, he's the guy the Penguins really need to produce to ha- to kind of put them over the edge to get them into playoffs. Um, he's a big part of the team and Again, they need him to score goals, so it's nice seeing him score those two goals. And I'm not sure if he was licking the stick on the on the bench, but whatever he did, it, it's starting to work. <laughs> yeah, and how about then, Jake Gensel, two and twelve seconds. Um, I guess the fastest two for the Penguins in like 23 years. Uh, what a lift that was for the team too. And Jake is going to be an interesting case in the off season, Tyler, or even at the trade deadline actually, because he's going to be a free agent. He's a 40-goal man, and Sid loves playing with him, but he is going to command a lot of bucks, isn't he? Yes. Uh, he's he's going to want a lot, and he deserves a lot. Like I think he's the quietest, pure goal scorer the Penguins have seen since a guy like James Neal uh, or Phil Kessel. Um, he's a guy that produces consistently. He's won two cups. He's still young. He can play with those elite players. He's going to get a payday. And when I think of the Penguins' future, which is, you know, when you think about it, it's going to be without Sid, Tanger, Malkin. The next guy's up is when I see the team, the next guy that's going to lead the charge is Jake Gensel. So um, they definitely need to figure out a way to keep him because he is the future of the Penguins. And then I thought it was important Malkin got two goals in that game the other night, too. He had gone 11 games with just one goal. I think at one point Mike Sullivan put him on the third line. He put him on the second power play. I know I I was questioning him. A lot of other people were at 37. Could he be running out of gas? I thought maybe that was the best part to come out of that game, that he had those two goals. Yeah, and, you know, it's crazy for – it's only 11 games and you're starting to worry if he's lost it. You know, he he is, that's how dynamic and how good he's been his whole career. And I always like watching guys after they score their reaction, because it just shows that pure emotion. And when he scored that goal, you can tell it meant a lot to him to get that goal and to get his, his mojo back going in that second half. So that was definitely a big one for the Penguins and for Gino. Again, he's a guy that he is aging, but, one thing Gino never lost was the ability to put the puck in the back of the net. And he's a competitor. You know, Gino, Gino's a warrior. He's been through the, the hard times and the good times. And you always know when the game is big, Gino's going to step up. And, you know, that's a big goal for him. And, again, seeing his emotion after the goal, was, which was, was awesome. You know what? Uh, then Latang, obviously the story. Um, you know, the, the, the assists in, five assists in the second period – First time that's ever happened for a defenseman in one period, and then he gets six for the game. 
man, you talk about a warrior, a guy that just, I don't know, you know him well, you know how he trains, kind of a maniacal workout guy, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's a guy I've played with that was in better shape or just naturally, like, he's a very, very strong, like, abnormally strong compared to the other guys I played with, like, just doing double weight of what everyone else was, and he and he's in great shape. He eats extremely healthy. He was like the guy, you know, with Sid eating those real, real healthy meals, going to the gym extra and staying on the ice. The guy never gets tired. Um and to see him kind of evolve into the role he has with Carlson coming here and getting those, you know, those five assists at one period, I think it's going to be really good for him. And again, he's at the end of the day, he's the guy back there. I know Carlson's a guy that, you know, they bring in to put up points, but when we think of a guy who leads that back end, it's Chris Letang. He, he is the guy. And again, this just gives him more confidence to settle into what he's doing now and, and just keep going again. You know, when you have those two guys in the lineup coming back to back, that's scary for the opposition because they can score, they defend well, they do everything really, really good. So, we're talking to St- uh, Stanley Cup champion Tyler Kennedy here on the Cook and Joe Show. All right, Tyler, maybe the thing that I was most amazed by in that game is the Penguins scored seven goals. Right, they won seven to nothing. Sid didn't get a point. What are the chances of them scoring seven goals with Sid not getting a point? <laughs> I don't know that uh, Jay Caulfield speculated that that may have never happened in a game where they, a team scored more than five that Sid was on. Yeah, because he's always, especially this year, he's always been in, in the mix for points, you know, and this might be good because we can't always lean on Sid to put up points. You need other people pulling the rope to help win games. So um, is it is it surprising? Yes. But do we need it a little bit, other guys to pull the rope and score goals? Yes. Again, we need, when you think of the Penguins getting the playoffs, making a good run here, they need all four lines producing, not just two or three guys that consistently produce. They need the whole, throughout the whole lineup, consistently getting points from guys to make that playoff push. There's no doubt. There, there's no doubt about that. And then Tristan Jari is fourth shutout. You know, he had, hadn't played in, they'd gone to Njelkovic three games in a row, Tyler. I think it had been like nine or ten days since uh, Jari played, but he got a shutout. He leads the league with four shutouts. Their goaltending has been pretty good overall, hasn't it? Yeah, it's you know, honestly, after the first two months, they kind of struggled, and now they've kind of settled in, and it seems like maybe Jari's a guy that needs more rest than other guys. Maybe he's different than other goalies. I know other goalies, they want to play more and more and get as many games. Maybe he's different. Maybe he likes the rest. He needs the rest and he plays better like that. And that's why, you know, Alex coming in and, you know, holding the fort down when Jari's not playing means a lot. Again, having a tandem that can stop pucks in crucial situations is huge. You look, when you look at the golden Knights, you look at Tampa Bay teams have won. They've always had really good tandems of goalies because, again, the goalies need to rest. They need to play. But you got to be confident who, with whoever is in there. Well, that was a big win for them, Tyler. You know, they're 16, 13, and 4. They're still out of the playoffs now. But now as you get into the new year, man, as a player, you, you know it, these games are starting to get more and more important, aren't they? Yeah, it, it, it's a lot more fun when they mean more. You know, sometimes when you play 82 games, it's just another game. But when you look at the standings, 
and you know you got to start making, you know, playing playoff hockey, and it means a lot, those two points, especially against division rivals. Like, that's what makes hockey fun. That's what guys look for. And it's not so much, you know, the November 15th game. It's more after Christmas going into the spring. Those are the games that are a lot of fun to be a part of, and you really see who the gamers are, who the players are. And I'm, I'm still confident that the Penguins are going to make a good push here, especially after that first game, that they're going to make a run into the playoffs and do and surprise someone. I think they do have the guys that you can probably get a last squeeze out of the top guys and the rest of the team to make a good little run here. Well, this is a big homestand coming up. St. Louis tomorrow. The Islanders are going to be here Sunday night. You know, uh, New Year's Eve, they're going to be a pretty angry group, I would think. And then Ovechkin and the Capitals come here. Three home games. Penguins need to get some points, don't they? Yeah, these are these are big home games for them. And again, <laughs> nothing better than playing at home in front of your own crowd with the new year around the corner, knowing these games mean a lot. Again, it doesn't matter. With the Islanders coming in, they're going to be hungry to show them now as a fluke. The Penguins always respond pretty good against the Islanders, just like the old days. Uh, St. Louis, St. Louis struggled a little bit. They got a new coach, so they're playing better. I still think the Penguins can beat them. And then when I think of Washington, Washington's kind of surprised a lot of people. And no matter what, whenever Sid and Ovechkin are on the ice, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a good game to watch. So these are three fun games to watch as a fan and excited to be as a player because everyone gets a little bit more hyped up when they're around Christmas, around the New Year. So it's going to be a fun little time here next week, week and a half. That is Tyler Kennedy. Tyler, I appreciate the time. I hope 2024 is the best year yet for you and your family. Okay, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. I appreciate it. Same to you. All righty. Tyler Kennedy, Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, it was an impressive Penguins win, but they've had impressive wins and then fallen back. They need to put together a little bit of a streak. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters Township. You can visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Let's get back into some Steelers talk, uh, Browns talk. How about the Browns? Can they make some noise in the playoffs? Can Joe Flacco keep this going? I think with that defense, he absolutely can. But I'd love to hear from you. Uh, the Pen- uh, I-, I picked the Steelers to go 9-8, and eight, originally 8-9, eight and nine, then I changed it to 9-8. and eight. No playoffs. I'm looking pretty good with that prediction uh, how disappointed will you be in this season if they don't make the playoffs after starting six and three four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero ray fittipaldo at the top of the hour right here on the cook and joe show on sports radio 93 7 the fan all right the steelers getting ready to head out to uh seattle tomorrow not a good trip for them not a good place well five in a row they've lost seven of the past eight out there Three-and-a-half-point underdogs this time. Seattle's going to be desperate. Now, Seattle's not a great team. They're like the Steelers. They're 8-7. and seven. Kind of a mediocre team, just like the Steelers, right? They're fighting for a playoff spot, too. I think they have the seventh seed uh, in the uh, NFC, uh, but they can't afford to lose. It's going to be, you know, both teams are going to have a lot to play for. Um, I just don't like the Steelers' chances. Do you? What You know, it's your chance to call it. What do you expect? What do you want to see happen? Can Mason Rudolph... Rudolph do it two weeks in a row. Uh, can he find a way to lead them to a win? And th- that would be a season-sustaining win because if they lose, they're, I think they got like a 1% chance somehow. Uh, I, I guess they could see it theoretically be eliminated, but they st- also might need nine things to happen to get in with a win in Baltimore the next week. 
Uh, but your chance to call it, what do you think? Who do you like? Why? What's Rudolph going to do? And how are you going to remember this Steelers season? Um, if, if they win the last two, go 10-7, and seven, get in the playoffs, get crunched, uh, get 10-7, and seven, get in the playoffs, actually win a game maybe. Or if they end up out of the playoffs for the fourth time in six years, when we all thought they were a lock to get in when they were 6-3 and three and had that stretch of quarterbacks that they were playing backups mostly, uh, but they six and three all of a sudden turned into seven and seven, and now it's eight and seven. Your thoughts four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Let's go to Brian. He's up. Hey Brian. Hey Ron. I'll start off by saying I'm disgusted because this is happening year after year after year. Uh, we have parts to be a great team. Uh, I don't care about Cleveland, but good. I mean, what have they won in forty years? <laughs> Zero. So I mean. I, I mean, like Cincinnati, I could care less about them. You got to feel good for them. I mean, they have never won anything. We're used to winning here in Pittsburgh. That's what we do is we win. Well, you know, not we so much anymore. Not so much anymore, Brian. Not so much anymore. No, it's just disgusting, Ron. Because year after year, we all watch the Steelers, and what do we? We strive to be mediocre. That's what we are. Just and it, it just it's crazy. And I don't know why we can't put it all together. I'm a Tomlin supporter, but Ron, to be honest with you. If he doesn't win this year and even next year, I think we need a fresh face. I honestly do. It's time to change. we got to change. Well, you're not the only one out there that feels that way. Now, a little bit of that talk kind of ended, uh, you know, not ended, but was temporarily subsided when they blew out Cincinnati last week. We're not hearing as many fire Tomlin talk as we did uh, before that game. But I'm with you. Uh, 17 years is a long time. If you miss the playoffs this year, four out of six years. If you don't win a playoff game this year for the for, in seven years, um, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Now, I mean, do you, do you like their chances of getting in the playoffs? I don't. How about you? I I, I think they're going to – I don't I don't know the answer. I think they're going to beat Seattle, but I think we're going to lose to Baltimore. So, if that makes any sense. I think we're going to beat Seattle. Mason's going to throw three touchdowns. Oh, boy. He'll take that, won't he? Did we lose him? Brian, are you still there? I guess we did lose him. Okay, let's go to Joe and see Brian. Three touchdown passes for Rudolph. Uh, the Steelers will take that, that's for sure. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good. Are we on the air, huh? I think you're on the air. I'm never 100% sure whether I'm on the air, but I think you are. You always do a great job. I'm listening to the fan. My, me and Phil on the road here. So I've always been a Mason Rudolph fan. I, I believe from day one, actually, when they drafted him, I thought that was a magnificent pick. Not sure how he got buried in the depth chart. The only thing I could think of is that Tomlin's a, is a defensive coach. From what I understand, for the last two years, Mason Rudolph's outplayed all of these guys, all the quarterbacks at camp. Uh, I could just think that maybe uh, Tomlin put him as the third-string quarterback because he wanted his defense to compete against the best. I mean, that sounds kind of stupid. Uh, it does sound it, – it, Brian, it does uh, It does joke sound kind of stupid. You know, the, you know the, the, he didn't believe in Mason Rudolph. He saw him play a, a number of games when Ben was hurt, didn't like what he saw to the point that he went out – and signed Trubisky as a free agent, and then drafted right. Kenny Pickett number yeah. one. That tells you what he what he thinks about him. Uh, and then he turned to him the other day out of necessity because Pickett was hurt, and he did no use at all 
for you know what Trubisky did against Indianapolis. So I mean, what I'm just confused about is when I would listen to the radio and I hear Pompey and guys from camp saying that that uh, Mason had the best camp. He played he played the best. Yeah, Caboli, I mean, Caboli has said that player? all along that he had the best camp last year. Um, right. and he ended up third string because they signed a guy to a free agent and drafted a guy number one. But then he came yeah. back this year against all odds. I thought for sure he'd go somewhere else, but that tells me nobody else was actually enamored with him, right? Yeah. Well, I, I just, you know, I, I'm a Rudolph fan. I believe he, he could be our franchise quarterback. I mean, coming out of college, his, his statistics were better than all of them. He started as a freshman. And the guy has been a winner. I mean, nothing against Kenny Pickett. Let's face it, seven and two record. He knows how to win as well. But I just felt like behind when Mason was in there, it seemed like the team came together. It seemed like he was in total control. Like the time when when Big Ben played, he just felt like a sense of the game and understanding of the game much better than what I've seen Kenny Pickett. You know, I was all high up and excited about Kenny Pickett coming in. I was excited that they drafted him. But the truth be said, I, I mean, I was, I, w- I believed when they brought in Mason Rudolph that he was going to take over Ben's spot based well, off his statistics in yeah, college. Yeah, but, you know, most of those statistics in college were came against the Pitt defense, if you remember correctly. Oklahoma yeah. State crunched yeah, Pitt, yeah. crunched their defense. Well, I mean, that's another reason maybe they held him back. I don't know. Because uh, he came into that stadium, and I don't know. I it just seems odd. Well, to me. you know what? You know what? You know what, Joe? He's going to get, and thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it. He's going to get another shot this weekend. We'll see what he does. We'll see what he makes of it. Um, and if he does what he did last week against Cincinnati, uh, then you got to start to have a little bit of an interesting quarterback situation here. Because if he plays like he did again, it's pretty hard to take him out of the lineup, especially if the Steelers win. Um, you know, they lose. Well, you got to really start to think about next year because you're not going anywhere. Let's go to Jesse is up next. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Hey, doing well, Ron. How are you? Good, man. Thanks. Yeah, I kind of agree with the last caller. I think that uh, they should have never brought in Mitch and they should have just rolled with Mason um, as the backup. I think the worst decision they made was bringing in Mitch Trubisky because that threw off the the Steelers threw off the, the starting rotation of the quarterback. And I just think if they would have went with Mason to start with over Mitch, then we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, but they didn't feel like he was going to be the number one guy. And at that point, when they signed Trubisky, they didn't know they were going to be able to draft Pickett or they were going to get Pickett. You know, they they would have yeah. gone into the they, – if, if they hadn't have signed Trubisky, they'd have gone into camp at least to the draft with just Rudolph. And they, you didn't know you were going to get Pickett. You know what I mean? Well, I guess they should have went with Flacco instead of uh, Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of teams out there that wish uh, they'd have gone with Flacco now. How about that story, huh, Jesse? What he's yeah, doing is just incredible. What he's doing is incredible. And, and the team he beat last night, the Jets, he finished the year with the Jets last year. They didn't call him. They didn't want him back. And even after Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they didn't want yeah, him back. Yeah, that was surprising. I thought that they were going to bring him back, but – Yes, it worked out for Cleveland, huh? And it worked out for Flacco, too. He He's absolutely loving it there. That's for yeah. sure. All right, Jesse, happy new year to you. Thank you for the call. Um, he, the Browns are 4-1 and one, uh, with uh, Flacco as a quarterback. He's thrown 13 touchdown passes in five games. And this stat, you, you've, I've heard it's all over social media. 
Kenny Pickett has thrown 13 and 25 games. The Steeler quarterbacks combined this year haven't thrown 13 touchdown passes. And all of a sudden, Flacco's right there leading the Browns to their first, uh, their what, their third playoff spot since they came back into the league in 1999. You talk about long-suffering fans. They're long-suffering fans. And uh, I, I don't mind saying I, I feel good about them. I know some people from Cleveland. I know people who cover the Cleveland team. Tony Grossi, for one, has been there forever. All he's done is cover losing football. I'm kind of glad for him because I have a lot of respect for Browns fans. I know nobody else out there does. They love to hate the Browns. Uh, but I said this earlier in the show um, that, uh, that that Browns fans are Steeler fans. They look in the mirror at each other and they see each other and they're the same, passionate, loyal, knowledgeable. They're great, great fans. Charlie, do we have a call there? We have a couple, but uh, we'll go to Tim and Shady. Let's go to Tim. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, uh, I, I just want to give Mason Rudolph some props. I, I, I think he never really got a chance. You just said before no one else did, or, you know, or I forget how you said it. But Well, I mean, he came back here to be the third string guy. What does that tell no, you? No. That, that tells me other teams weren't interested in him. No, you're 100% right. But, you know, the Steelers picked Bush. and you know, I don't know. They're, the Steelers haven't – their first-round draft picks haven't been the greatest. <clears throat> I mean, Watt's been good. I, I think the – I don't think Najee Harris should be here next year. I think Bourne's a much better player. Well, I think they'll both be here next year. The question is, are you going to bring – uh, uh, Najee back with the fifth-year option. I don't think they're going to do that. But I think they'll both be back next year as the running backs. Yeah, you're probably right. I I, I thought it was his fifth year. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just I, – I like Warren, too. He's a player I, – I mean, I like Najee, but he, they shouldn't have drafted him number one, right? You can get running backs. Obviously, look at Warren. He was an undrafted free agent. Did we lose Tim? We did. All right, let's up. let's go to Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, Ron, how about yourself? Good, man. Happy New Year to you. And a happy New Year to you. Hey, uh, here's my take on Kenny Pickett. Uh, and, and two things that, that concern me is it seems to take him a long time to read the defense, number one. And number two, he's never been a good long passer. Okay, uh, you know, I don't like his pocket presence either, and I think Mason has a better arm. Um, that doesn't mean Pickett can't make all the throws, but I would tend to agree with you. I don't like him in the pocket, too. It seems to me like, you know, he, he doesn't step up as much as maybe he needs to, and maybe that's because of his offensive line hasn't been very good. Maybe it's because he's had a couple concussions. He doesn't want to get hit. But how many times have you seen him feel pressure and spin out and then spin right into a tackler, right? It's right. happened. It's happened too many times. Absolutely. And as far uh, as a deep ball goes, I mean, he's had a few of those this year. But, uh, you know, I don't think his arm is as good as Mason's is. Well, uh, you know, I, the, the deep balls that I remember, the guy was wide open. Mason uh, can put the ball at distance right in a, a bushel basket. Well, he had a couple good throws to uh, Pickens the other day, man. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate the call. We're going to uh, take a quick little interruption here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette about all things Steelers and then get back to your phone calls.
Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Taylor Swift. I want to talk a little bit about NFL football on Sunday. Uh, look at some of the games this weekend. Uh, a lot to talk about with uh, you know with all the NFL games coming down to the wire. Only two weeks left, and it got started last night with the Cleveland Browns of all teams securing a playoff spot. Ray Fittipaldo next on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Mr. Rooter Plumbing, uh, my favorite Pittsburgh plumbing company. You know my challenge every day. I look for a Mr. Rooter Plumbing truck on my way in from uh, the Seven Fields Cranberry area. Did not see one today. I did not. There's over 50 of them out on the road every day, and I anticipate, well, if I didn't see one coming in, uh, I'm almost certainly uh, going to see one as I head home this afternoon because there are 50-plus trucks out on the road every day, and I always smile when I see one, not because somebody has a plumbing problem. I don't wish that on anybody, but I smile because somebody had the good sense to call 412-Rooter2, 412-Rooter2, and that truck is headed to somebody's home or business uh, to solve the plumbing problem. That's how Mr. Rooter Plumbing has lasted in this market, going on 21 years now. You know how good you have to be to last in any market doing anything, for 21 years, and certainly the empire, the plumbing company empire that Bob Bill has built uh, qualifies. That's why they've lasted so long. Write the number down again, 412-Rooter2. Check out the website, MrRooterPittsburgh.com. It is Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Rooter Plumbing. All right, the sun is out a little bit today. It's cooler than it has been. Uh, Temperature is going to be around the high 30s, low 40s throughout the day, but a little more sunshine than we've seen. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. 23 Silverado 1500s up to 7500 rebates. That's sunchevy.com. That's the showroom. Sun Chevy Route 19 in McMurray.